0: Him oh, him I, I wasn't you the one blaming him say with that. that. Matthews. Very good two way forward. And nobody's they- saying Carson wants us to
1: go. Oh, your team sucked, Parker. Pick one. And before Miami fan over here starts talking. Blasphemous. The- the- and I'll tell you why. What does
0: that tell you?
1: He's terrible. I'm not out here saying Tom Brady's really bad. Yeah, you are. the Gary. <laughs> I'm saying, pick it. What's up, guys? Today is Thursday, August 27th. And we are joined today by our producer, Parker. Hello. Hello. And of course, we are the Daphnex Podcast. So today, we obviously have the second round of the initial playoffs to cover. Is that what we're calling it,
0: the second round? Second round, semifinals, what have you.
1: Okay, that works for me. Uh, we've got a big trade coming in, as well as we've got some other hockey notes, too. And some other things, but we'll start with the second round, you know, what have you. So, Parker, why don't we start with what we did last week. You give me a team, and we'll give our thoughts on the series.
0: All right, so Flyers and Islanders, they just had Game 2 yesterday and Flyers won an overtime after a fair use comeback by Islanders.
1: Yeah, you know, I kind of like this series. I think it's going to be a really interesting one. I think originally, I think I said the Flyers will win this, right? And see, the way I see it, the Flyers are just a better all-around team. That's not a shot at the Islanders. They are also a good team, however. When you look at the way they play, both teams are fairly defensive, which is, you know, a given with the Barry Trotz team, which you could read about in my article I just wrote for the site. But also, Carter Hart Katahad, has been lights out, and he might be the best goalie left in the playoffs right now. So, it's really tough to see the Flyers losing this series. They're my Stanley Cup favorite for the East, so.
0: To be honest, I'm not as high on the Flyers as everyone else seems to be. I mean, they seem to be underperforming. And it feels like they've been sort of, like, sleepwalking these playoffs. Like, they had a lot of trouble against Montreal, a team that really only had, like, three good forwards. And they were pushed around pretty good by them. With the Islanders, they're kind of different in the sense where it's like, yeah, they don't have, like, that number one superstar. Well, they do in Matt Barzal, but, like, that's it, really. They don't really function on star power more as they function on working as a cohesive team unit. The Flyers have had a lot of trouble with the Islanders this series. Like, they got shut out, blown out game one. Game two, they had a pretty solid lead, and then the Islanders came back, pushed them to overtime. And they lost in overtime, but hey, they pushed them through that. I mean, even if the Flyers get past the Islanders, it's not going to be an easy out. And I'm not sure if I see it happening. I mean, kind of hot. I mean, yeah, he's great, but he's also only 22. He's really young, and I feel like at some point he's going to get rattled.
1: Some goalies never do, though. I mean, you look at how Jaroslav Alak played when he was basically usurping Kerry Price. I mean, Matt Murray is a good recency bias. Uh, even goalies like Jonathan Quick and Henrik Lundqvist were always sort of really good at the peak of their career and in the prime of their career when they were young. I do understand where you're coming from, though, and I think the Islanders are a team that you can't sleep on. This is a series that, although Philly are my favorites, I'm not going to say, oh, they're going to, you know, win in five or... This really could go to seven, which is uh, an interesting thing because I wouldn't say the Islanders are my favorite for the Cup. They're a really good team. I just, I feel like they're all star away. If they had one more star, I'd be like, yes, the Islanders are absolutely my favorite, but I think they just need to add a little more star power Maybe this offseason, and then they'll be in that sort of bolstered area. At this rate, though, I could absolutely see them winning it, too. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I'm leaning towards the Islanders. I think in my article up on the site, I believe I put Islanders in six, but it's going to go at least six or seven games. Philly's going to be back next year, obviously, don't worry. I mean, Carter Hart, he's not even like at a sliver of his potential right now, which is kind of the scary thing. Is that this is literally him, like, at the beginning. Like, he's gonna be much better in, like, three years.
1: Yeah. Moving right along, we have the Bruins series. Uh, You want to give us a breakdown of that?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... We're already gonna be approaching game four tomorrow. Which is weird. (laughs) Yeah, this schedule's so, like... Clustered? (laughs) Yeah. Like, a team could have literally gotten swept in this series before, like, Philly and the Islanders would play, like, their third game. This one's, like, going the fastest of all of them. Yeah. So, this series has been just about as expected. The first two games were decided by a goal, and they sort of got split. Yesterday, I don't think is going to be how the series is going to go moving forward, Lightning 1-7-1. I think that game was a fluke more than anything, because... Yaroslav Halak's 35, and that was a back-to-back. I don't think we're going to see another game like that. And to be fair, I feel like they pulled him way too early, because Vladar was not ready for the NHL. He just was not. It was very apparent. I mean,
1: how can you be, though? You're literally thinking, oh, I'm the third string goalie of a team with Tukarask and Yaroslav Halak, and now you're... You're basically the guy to come yeah. years on the lock.
0: Yeah, this series, I have going to seven. I have Tampa winning. But this series, like, I just, Boston always gives me fits when we have to see them in the playoffs because it always seems to go down to the wire.
1: Yeah, see, so where I'm at with this series is, like, if Tuka Rask was the goalie, I think I'd actually have less confidence in the Bruins.
0: Yeah, I was, and here's why. Yeah, I was actually going to say something similar, but continue. Okay, so the reason I say that is, and don't get me wrong, I think Duke Rask is a great goalie.
1: I think Duke Rask is very underrated, and he's still rated as a top-ten goalie. That's a given. However, it always seems like, in games like 6 or 7, when Rask has the game on the line, even if he plays incredible, because this has happened before, his team doesn't, for some reason, play defense in front of him. And when the Bruins don't play defense, they don't win games, because that's what they're built on.
0: Oh, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say because he opted out of the bubble.
1: And, Whoa, and, yes. And, yes. Gr-
0: and granted, he had every right to do that. And I, I mean, I don't fault any players for doing that. But it's like from a game perspective, Rask didn't look good at all during the playoffs. And that's just because he just mentally wasn't in it. He was thinking about his family. He wanted to be back with his family. And it's like. I feel like because they have Halak playing instead, where he's just completely dialed in for the game, they have an advantage playing him instead. I, I don't know.
1: To me, this is one of those series where I don't know if goaltending matters, <laughs> because if we're being honest, the Bruins bring that offensive punch, and so the Lightning. I don't love the way the Lightning play. That being said, as good of a goalie as Vasilevsky is, and how well Halak has played, I just don't see them being a major factor.
0: I agree with you, but I don't think these, any of these games are going to be really super high scoring. Again, yesterday was a fluke. They're, they're pretty much stopping the game from being like 7 7 to instead being like 4 and 5.
1: You know, I mean, I don't disagree with you, and I think yesterday was a major fluke. You don't see too many playoff games with 7 1, or, you know, whatever the score is. You don't see too many playoff games with 7 goals. But again, this is, you know, like you said, it's probably not the norm. But again, I'm going to stick to my guns and say this is probably. How the series is going to play out, one team is just going to outscore the other because goaltending won't really matter when you're playing players like Nikita Kucherov and David Pasternak and what have you.
0: Yeah, the Lightning have depth scoring, the Bruins have the perfection line, so. Right.
1: Yeah. Now, moving out west,
0: we have,
1: we'll start with the Dallas Avalanche series. So, real quick, I gotta say, although I still think the Avalanche are going to come out on top here. I think I said it last time they played the Coyotes uh, that it was going to take a lot out of them. You know, the that was really an unideal matchup to play a Rick Tockett team because the Coyotes really wore down the Avalanche. Yeah, they didn't really take much ground of them. They took more ground than I think people would have given them credit for. I don't know. I just don't see. Um, and, and again, Nathan McKinnon to me, and I think I told a bunch of people. But I was going to actually put an article up about this to me, is the best player in the NHL right now, just simply because of the skill he has combined with what he can do. I mean, he's really the a two-way player, and in the playoffs, that usually plays well. I still think the Avalanche are going to come out on top, but the Dallas Stars have a very interesting opportunity at their hands right now.
0: Yeah, not only that, but Anton Kudobin looks very settled right now. I mean, I thought he looked shaky like earlier on in the playoffs, but now that he's you know, used to being the starter for now. He's looked great. Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan have finally started clicking this series. They were dead silent in the first round. And Miro Heiskanen looks like the best defenseman in the playoffs. Have you watched him play? Like, he looks incredible.
1: I like, yeah, Heiskanen had a, what was it, he was one assist shy of the team record for assists in the postseason with 11. He had, like, 10 the other day. Yeah, and we're not even through the second round. Like... Yeah, he's just having a, one hell of a playoff series. Good for him, though. I mean, he's always been a really good defenseman, and I think he's proving... Listen, I'm just gonna say, I think Heisman's the future captain there.
0: I'm always partial for defensemen being captains, so I could agree with that. Yeah, no, and I mean, that's
1: a series where... I don't know, are they gonna get Ben Bishop back at all, or no? So,
0: apparently he skated yesterday, but was still deemed unfit to play, but at least he was on the ice. I feel like if Ben Bishop comes back, Dallas definitely gets this in a lock. Uh, ah, yeah. I don't know about a lock,
1: but man, it's going to be tough if they get him back to lose the series.
0: Yeah, I mean, game three yesterday was just... <laughs> that game was a treat to watch. I feel like you would have to be hooked up to a heart monitor no matter which team you were rooting for. Just because of all of the blown leads, it was incredible. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Again, I haven't really watched that series. Oh, you should. It's the most entertaining of the four, I think. I don't know. I haven't really... Truth be told, I haven't really watched
1: a series outside of, like, the islanders Philly series. <laughs> uh, I've been kind of dialed in on that one, but yeah. Uh, and then moving out to our final series, who do we have? I always forget who uh, the last one is. Golden Knights and Canucks. Okay, so this is the other series I lied. I've been keeping tabs on Elias Pedersen is having one hell of a playoff series. Mm-hmm. He's, is he the leading scorer? Probably.
0: I mean, who else would it be? It's definitely an <coughs> professor. No. Well, okay.
1: That's uncalled for. I'm
0: not going to lie. With this series, I originally thought that Vegas would get it in a walk. I mean, I like the Canucks. I think they're definitely going to be here again for a while in the future. But I think, for me, I'm giving the edge to the Golden Knights just because they have more playoff experience and they're not, like, essentially children, because the Canucks are just, like, all these kids, and it's like they're just, like, zipping around the ice, and it's just, it's fun as hell to watch, but I can't see them getting against a team like the Golden Knights, at least not yet. Well, well,
1: we have something we need to cover with the Golden Knights after we get done with the series wrap-up, but, man, the goaltending for the Golden Knights has been a little shoddy. I really like the Canucks, I'll be honest with you. I think, I can't remember who, I think I picked Vancouver. I really like what they bring, and I think, honestly, a player built for the postseason, Elias Pedersen's incredible skill-wise. Bo Horvat might be having the best playoffs I've seen a player have in a while. He's killing it in every facet.
0: Yeah, Bo Horvat's one of my favorite players, and he's just doing what he does. (laughs) I mean, very underrated player, but... You know when he's on the ice.
1: Yeah, no, you're
0: you're not wrong. I disagree with you with the shoddy goaltending though, because Laner got a shutout game one. I mean he's had a bad game, game two, and if he does continue to struggle, just put Flurry in there. Right. I mean they they have two number one goalies. I mean, they'll be fine. That is very true. Uh, yeah, I do like the Golden
1: Knights gold thing, and, I mean, like I said, there, that's a series where it can go either way. If the Canucks lost, I wouldn't be surprised. If they won, I wouldn't be surprised. I really like that series, and I think whoever wins that has to be viewed as the cup favorite from the West. Yeah. Because I don't love what the Stars and Avalanche are going to do to each other. They're going to tear each other apart, even more so than it was in
0: the first round. So. If so, anything, the Golden Knights are the Bruiser team.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the Canucks are more fun-ass.
0: But, like, at least with, like, this semifinal round, like, it seems like these series are going to be a lot closer than the first round. I mean, the first round we didn't see a single Game 7, which I was a little sad about. So, now that we've wrapped the playoffs wraps, a couple of things I wanted to get to today.
1: I'll give you a breakdown because I will forget, and now we have a recording. So, first things first, we'll talk about the captain trade. We okay. want to get into the laner stuff with Marketer Fleury and his agent, Alan Walsh. Do you see all that? I'm sure you saw that, right? Yeah. Yep. And one thing I've been meaning to do, I was going to do an article about this, but I think it's just way more intriguing and fun if we do it on podcast. I want to give a 31-team off-season checklist. Like, what's the one thing they need to do? Okay. okay. So we'll get to that after we get to the news. So we'll start with the captain trade. For those of you who don't know, the Pittsburgh Penguins traded. I'm going to try to do this without any help from Twitter. They traded... Philip Hallander, who is a forward prospect. David Warsawski, who is a sort of veteran AHL defenseman. Their first round pick, which is 15th overall this year. And am I missing any players? Evan Rodriguez. Evan Rodriguez, who was a depth forward who we scratched in the playoffs, that was acquired in the Dominic Cahoon trade from Buffalo. And in exchange, we get back, I think it's Tobias Lindgren, the defenseman. Uh, Jesper. Jesper Lindgren, thank you. Casper Kapanen, who is the prize of the trade. And was there anybody else in the trade? Pontus Aberg. Pontus Aberg. Okay, thank you.
0: I tried my best. Okay, I did not um, have anything pulled up. So everything in this trade is a wash. All that matters is the first-round pick, Hollander and Kapanen.
1: Whoa,
0: that is a hot take. All right, give me. I'll let you take your shot of this trade first. Let's let's hear your opinion on the trade for okay. both sides. I don't think Kapanen's worth a first round pick and I definitely don't think he's worth a first round pick and a prospect. Kapanen is making like three mil to be a speedy top nine forward when he's really a third line guy. And I don't think you move first round picks for third line guys. I mean, I don't think he's that good. He reminds me of like, he's literally just a like a fast skater. He's literally Carl Hagelin. You're paying for a younger Carl Hagelin. And it's like, okay, that's fine, but that's not worth a first-round pick. That's worth, like, a fourth or a fifth. Here goes Jim Rutherford making Kyle Dubas look like a good GM. Okay, so I guess I don't really need to ask
1: your grades in the trade, but so here's my thoughts on it. And I remember you said something along the lines of you don't sell assets to try to make a one last cup run, essentially, because at the end of the day, when the cupboard's bare and your team's bare, you're going to be in dire straits. Is that basically what you were alluding to?
0: Mm hmm.
1: Okay. So I'll kind of give my opinion on that as well at the end. So for the Penguins, I like this straight. I don't love the trade. I like Casper Kapitan. I have a certain affinity to Casper Kapitan. I liked it when we drafted him. He was Jim Rutherford's first draft pick. Rutherford, you said it better. Is there any GM in the league who loves drafting Jim Rutherford guys than Jim Rutherford? There's not a GM in the, in the league who does that more than him. He gets his own guys back. Jack Johnson, baby. Oh, that's another thing. <laughs> so, Jim Rutherford goes out and gets his guy. Captain to me, is interesting. Because I think the one thing the Penguins unbiasedly do best out of any other team in the league is make the most out of nothing. They took guys like Tom Kunakul and Brian Rust and Connor Sherry and turned guys like them into players who are you know, serviceable, like Kunakul's case. Good scoring wingers like Brian Ross and really decent top nine forwards like Connor Sherry. They took those guys from nothing, literally nothings. per capita is not a nothing. He is a top nine forward at worst with some top six spring. And I think if you get him on the right line, what he brings is he goes into the corners, makes a pass. And I'm quoting that from Steve Dangle from his video. He goes in the corners, makes a pass, or he's going to fire the shot into the guy's chest. And from everything I've ever seen from Kapanen, that's a little bit true. He's just a speedy guy. But you need those kind of players. That plays really well along a guy like Evgeny Malkin. That type of speed is not going to play with Crosby. Crosby's more methodical. Evgeny Malkin was Jason Zucker? I like that. I like that a lot. Now, the problem. You made a really good point. Paying that first-round pick? I don't know that you could have gotten Kapanen for just that. Because Kapanen had a lot of interest around the league. The problem I have is that you gave up that pick I less than like, oh, was it like 12 days or whatever after saying you're keeping it, and a draft that is very deep. The Penguins are projected to get a guy like Anton Lundell or even Brandon Schneider. You can really use that. I don't know that I love them giving up on the pick. However, the people that are having a big fallout about Philip Hallander, he was not going to be a Pittsburgh Penguin. He just wasn't going to cut it. There are some scouts who say... He's a good player in the Swedish Hockey League that it won't translate offensively. And then there's other scouts who say nothing he does will translate offensively because he's not a good skater. He's an okay skater. And when you can't score and you can't pass in the Swedish League, you won't be able to score passing the NHL by proxy most likely. That's not to say he can't be a player anywhere, but I don't see him fitting in when he can't do two of the most basic skills in the NHL. Does
0: that make sense to you? Yeah, I don't know well, that much about Hollander, so I don't have an opinion on him. Yeah. I've liked Hollander for a while, but again, I was never high on
1: him. He's more of a, like, probably bottom three guy. The other parts of the trade, you're right are a wash. Like, that defenseman's never going to play it. That's where Probably he'll probably be a career minor leaguer. If not, he might get a couple shuttle runs up to Pittsburgh. And as far as the players going over to Toronto, I don't really care. I mean, Warsawski's also a career minor leaguer. And Pontus Auburg has some potential... He's got really good offensive pop. He's probably good for 10-15 goals. He's the type of player I could see succeeding with Sidney Crosby, or even as a fourth-line grinder. He's a really intriguing player. I just don't know where he fits in, if he fits in, because he's an RFA. So, like you said, it's basically a wash. I just hope that the Penguins, for their sake, know what they're doing. And it sounds like we're going to kind of segue into a different topic. Are you all done with this trade? Are you good on this trade? Yeah. So I want to get your opinion, too. It sounds like the goaltender market is heated up. We've got some interest in Burden and Holpe. It sounds like some teams wanting to sign him. We've got some interest in... Um, it sounds like Edmonton and Calgary both looking for a goalie. Matt Murray and Frederick Anderson are both on the block. The two teams that just dealt are putting their goalies on the block actively. So, first of all, let me ask you... What are your thoughts on Matt Murray, and where do you think he ends up? And then what are your thoughts on Frederick Anderson, and where does he end up?
0: I can see Matt Murray going to Detroit. Detroit okay. needs a goalie. You can't have Howard play forever. And I believe he's a UFA, question mark? But Who's hey. that, Matt Murray? He's an RFA. Mm, no, oh, Howard. Howard, yeah. He's Howard like, is a UFA, yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just wasn't sure if his contract was up, but yeah. I'm sorry, he's just, he can't. Be a starter anymore. Like, he had like two wins in 30 games. That's so unjustifiably bad.
1: And you make a good point about Detroit because Bernier was good this year. Like, he was low key good. And he's probably not going to be that good again for yeah. that game. Yeah,
0: Bernier's more of like a spot starter, like a He's a fringe NHL starter. He's a fringe starter slash, like, timeshare. I, I forget what the exact yeah. term for. Like, platoon? Is that the word? I or would platoon say starter? A, he, Yeah, platoon. He's a great 1B guy.
1: Like, if he's your backup, you're fine. Because Jonathan Bernie is absolutely capable of backing you up. Matt Murray to Detroit's an interesting one. I don't know if I see that, but I can understand if that happened, why it would work. Because, honestly, Detroit's probably a goalie away, and one serviceable will star away from being... Not contenders, but not being terrible. Like, they could... I could foreseeably see them next season with a goalie and a good player from the draft, maybe at least being in the top twenty-five, <laughs> not being bottom yeah. feeders. In the thing is, is so I'll go with my Matt Murray take as well. He's gonna be traded. People are saying Tristan Jerry. No. Then there was a, apparently a trade in the works that was Tristan Jerry and Jack Johnson for Alex Stalock and Jason Zucker last season. Thank God that didn't go through. Oh my. And by that, I mean, I would have been okay with that going through, but still. <laughs> so I think Edmonton is one interesting situation, but, and again, I, I know I quote Steve Engel a lot. He makes a lot of good points. The thing with Kyle Dubas is he's a Sue Greyhounds guy. Like, you said about Jim Rutherford, loves Jim Rutherford guys. Kyle Dubas loves him some Sue Greyhound, Kyle Dubas guys. And Matt Murray played for him. He could absolutely go out and get Matt Murray. I don't think the two teams are done dealing. And I'm not suggesting Anderson for Murray. I would take that, but I'm not suggesting that. What I am suggesting is that Matt Murray to Toronto makes a lot of sense in the way that maybe they could do a three-way trade with Edmonton or something where Anderson goes to Edmonton, Murray goes to Toronto, and maybe I like Ethan Bear or Adam Larson to come back, but I don't know. That's a really complicated trade scenario. Hopefully it works out.
0: Yeah, that's well, that's dizzying.
1: Do you see Anderson moving?
0: No, I don't think so. I mean, they still have an extra year with him. If he doesn't pan out, then just let him walk. I mean, they don't really have like an
1: heir apparent. Yeah,
0: I mean, Jack Campbell's a he's backup. Good. I don't he's think I don't think he's a starter. I think he's a backup, maybe fringe platoon starter. But yeah, if,
1: he's more if, of like a Jonathan Bernier. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the thing is, is I don't see Anderson moving as easily. Simply because if they move him, they're going to need to find another goalie. While wow, with Pittsburgh, Murray's even move because you have Jari.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I like Jack Campbell as a 1B. I really think that the Leafs are going to move Anderson because I don't think Kyle dubas is the long-term player. I mean, he's up after next season. So, I don't know. It's a tough situation because you have to find the team that wants that. I could absolutely see him working out in, like, I guess Edmonton would make a lot of sense to me. But the return would have to be a goalie, they don't have one, so I think unless the Leafs are going to make a play for Holtby, or unless they can make a play for Jacob Markstrom, I don't see that panning out very well. I
0: could maybe see him going the Calgary. Yeah, I could see him playing I Calgary. I mean, they could dangle Dave Riddich and be like, hey, let's swap. Um, I, I, I don't That's think tough but, stuff for me, because Dave Ridge is very average at best. Yeah, but...
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Speaking of Calgary, has Johnny Gaudreau played his last game in a Flames jersey? Oh, what the hell is this? What? Like, have you you seen that? You haven't even seen that before? No, what? That's been a a big, that's a big thing right now. Like, I'm not a guy that, you know, I don't quote fake sites. Like, that's a big thing right now is that Johnny Gaudreau might have played his last game in the Flames jersey. They asked him about it. Because, listen, he has not been good. Plain and simple. Had a terrible season. Had a terrible postseason, had a terrible postseason last year, and had an okay season that season. So, for two straight seasons and two straight postseasons, he's been not Johnny Gaudreau. It might be time for a change, and he'll be a UFA very soon. It makes a lot of sense for Johnny Gaudreau to maybe go to New Jersey, his hometown team. That's not nothing that's being rumored that he's going there, but I'm just saying, if he goes somewhere, New Jersey should be knocking on the door.
0: Okay, well, here's the thing. Even if he's been disappointing, why would you sell him now that he's at his lowest possible value? Trading one of the faces of your franchise while his value's low is how you become the other team in Alberta. Yes, and that is not untrue. <laughs> and it's like, we're not talking about like older guys who won't produce as well, question mark? I mean, it's like, this is different from, like say, like Corey Perry. Right. But, like, they're both in their mid-20s, and they're signed long-term through their primes at fairly good cap hits. Like, they're not that expensive. Even though they're not producing as well, So like, normally you don't move those kind of players unless there's a contract issue. And I feel like if the Flames move him, like, it's just going to be an overreaction. Well, Ryan Treleving has not proved himself to be a very
1: good GM, if I'm being honest. And I don't know that I would foresee him being a very good jam in the future. He doesn't strike me as a guy who makes true moves. He makes miscalculations. <laughs> I could see this being a really big one.
0: I hope for the flame's sake they don't move Johnny Hockey. I mean, I'm also very hugely biased because I'm a big fan of his, but I mean, I feel like just don't look too much into it. I mean, sometimes players just don't have good seasons. He's going to bounce back. He's going to be fine. Calgary doesn't really have that good forward depth. They have like three good forwards. Like people forget, like, that's really, like, their offense is, like, it goes through Goudreau, Monaghan, and Kachuk, and that's it, maybe? And then you get Sam Bennett in the playoffs, and yeah. that, that's about it.
1: <laughs> um, Did you see his
0: playoff beard? It was magnificent.
1: Yeah, and I remember the big thing with Sam Bennett was that he couldn't, like, do a pull-up
0: at the draft combine, like, when he got drafted in 2014, and now he's, like, a grinder. I'm like, how it good <laughs> for Sam Bennett? Yeah, I don't think Sam Beck's ever going to live up to his trade value, but I think he's going to be a really valuable top nine player. Yeah, I, mean, I he's just,
1: Sam on my team.
0: I mean, he's just one of those guys where it's like you have him on your team just for the playoffs. Justin Williams? <laughs> well, Justin Williams uh, produces in the regular season, though. Not anymore, he doesn't. <laughs> it took him getting old for that to happen.
1: So we're going to switch gears a little bit. Are you familiar with the Sword of the Stone? What, King Arthur? Yeah. Are you familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're familiar with it more commonly, and, and a newer version of that, The Sword and the Flower. Have you seen the Alan Walsh oh, stuff? Jesus fucking Christ. This that, is was a a segue. Segue.
0: <laughs> that was a great segue. That was a great
1: segue. I love it. Listen, I'm just saying, if the title of this episode is not Salary Capitan or Sword and the Flower, I'm going so to be upset. disappointed. I will give. Uh, I will give oh. a little bit of background. Alan Walsh, who manages Marko New As his agent. He posted a photo eh, sometime late last week with a photo of Margaret Flurry with a sword going through him with the word DeBoer on that sword. It was really gory, and it was a photo of Margaret Flurry making a save, and... Listen, the idea behind it was that Margaret Flurry was not getting starts. Robin Leonard was getting starts. He... He felt like he deserved more playing time. There are rumors out there that apparently when Flurry took over the crease and when Laner was traded for, that the Vegas Golden Knights made it clear that Flurry would be the guy there. It was just an insurance policy to have Laner. and now he feels slighted. Alan Walsh took to Twitter to make that opinion known. Now I've got some thoughts on this. But I'd love to hear your opinion on this.
0: <sighs> I knew something like this was going to happen. Whenever you have two starters, this goes back to that saying, when you have two starters, you have none. Because shit, that is shit like this is going to happen. Someone's going to get pissed off. I'm still not fully convinced Flurry's capable of not being a good human being. Like, from what I've known of Flurry from his career, is that he's always been a really good team guy. I feel like this is more of just Walsh being like, Kim being himself and just like defending his players that he represents. because I mean, this is the same guy that's, like, done this kind of stuff before, right? Alan Walsh is not the most polite agent in the business, so you
1: are correct. I mean, thing is, I mean,
0: props to him for defending, like, his players, but it's also a little bit much. I'm gonna go out and go a little harsher, if that's okay. Marker
1: Flurry is dumb. He's not very smart in this situation. I love Flurry. He's my favorite goalie of all time. I hope one day he, re- he comes back to Pittsburgh and retires, and then the number 29 is retired, and I'll be happy. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. But I do know that it also won't happen in Vegas because he'll be gone after the season. Because, number one, Alan Walsh is an idiot, and he did not act alone. As an agent, you have to have your client's best interests at in art. Flurry did not deny that he supported Walsh in this. And there was a press conference, and I can't remember if this was Elliot Friedman's podcast or Steve Daniel, or whatever it was. They were talking about this, how basically, if you listen to the podcast, or if you listen to the press conference where it's a Zoom meeting, there's a reporter he asked a question basically saying hey what are your thoughts on this and flurry kind of said well you know I, I respect his passion and whatnot and he asked him to take the tweet down greg wachinski literally gave up on his own question to say that to, to ask him well basically do you support this and flurry's only retort to that was this is the same question it was not though it was not the response he needed the response should have been, no, I do not support Alan Walsh's decision in this. If he doesn't, he can fire Alan Walsh, he can reprimand Alan Walsh, and he can cut his pay. marketer Flurry Fleury had a hand in this. If he didn't, Alan Walsh would not be employed by marketer Flurry. Fleury. Okay? This is the thing to remember. As a client, you have every opportunity to tell your agent, no, I don't like what you just did. You can tell them you defamed me. Clearly, Fleury had some sort of approval of this. Whether or not he made the whole thing up himself and told Alan Walsh just to tweet it, I don't believe that, but I think Alan Walsh came to him, said, Hey, I'm doing this, and Flory's said, Okay. He seems genuinely hurt that the Golden Knights have yet again put Flory as a number two goalie. Peter DeVore is the guy there. You go out and hire that coach. Marker Flory is 35, or whatever he's, he'll be 35. You don't risk your franchise coach for your aging fringe starter goalie who has a 902 in playoffs. You just don't. It's as simple as that.
0: Yeah, when Pete DeBoer came in, he didn't really have preconceptions with the players already on the team. Like, he was going to put in, like, who he felt was going to win now. And he always he's always been saying with laners that, oh, he's playing because we feel like he gives us the best shot to win now. He's not wrong. You can't fault him for that. And y- you're not. But I think f- I'm just annoyed by this, honestly. Like, I hate it when I see this kind of stuff. Yeah. And again, I don't think
1: Flory's a bad guy. I think he's a great person. He's done a lot for the community for both cities. Just, had a brain fart. I think he had a bad moment. I think he got a little upset. He threw a little temper tam- tantrum. And, listen, Mark and Flurry at the end of his career stole a good goalie. I think he's still got three or four years left of being a contender goalie. After that, we'll see. But I think he's got some time to get back his reputation as a good goalie, who can play out, maybe get one more chance at the Cup after the season with a team, and maybe rebuild his reputation. Because right now, his reputation took a hit. So we'll see where that ends up.
0: Yeah, I feel like if he were to move to a team, I could definitely see him getting traded to like the Oilers or something. I could see the Oilers making up, do like trying to do like this kind of a trade. Me too.
1: I don't know. The Oilers strike me as a team that can do anything. Yeah, (laughs) to be honest, already. So with all the news kind of wrapped up here, what we're gonna do now, like I said at the top of the show, was that we're going to go through each of the 31 teams and kind of break down what their biggest offseason need will be. Whatever the off-season is, that is, because we don't know because we live in fantasy land. Let me just pull up a list of the NHL teams, because I will forget some. And what we'll do is we'll kind of go through, uh, we'll have, like, three tags. So, rebuild, stay the course, or go all in. Okay, that'll be our three tags. And then if you want to get specific about what they need, by all means. We'll go from there, okay? Okay. Alright, so, starting with Anaheim. My personal opinion, they just need to keep the rebuild going. I don't really think there's much else in the way for them. They're sort of an up-and-comer with John Gibson still in that. I think if they just keep rebuilding, keep adding prospects, stockpiling, they'll be good in a few years.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. They have a decent (coughs) prospect pool from what I recall. I mean, they already have Sam Steele and Troy Terry up. So, I mean, their forward core is going to get good in a hurry. To shore up that defense, they're going to look pretty good.
1: I look at the uh, next team, the Coyotes. So, for me personally, I think the Coyotes just need to honestly... I've been a bit between stay the course and go all in. I need to go all in. They've got that good goaltending. If they can take a plunge on a major for agents this offseason, hey, I say do it. Hey, you can make yourself... They're one star player away from being a serious contender. If like a team that I would take
0: seriously. Yeah, but is Taylor Hall going to stay there? I don't think so. I don't think you need Taylor Hall. you got Phil Castle. If you go get somebody better than Taylor Phil Hall... Phil Castle's not Taylor Hall,
1: though. You're right. Phil Kessel's better than Taylor Hall. Uh, don't know about that, but okay. Okay, I'm not going to use the cup argument, but I will say Phil Kessel, points-wise, better than Taylor Hall, and Phil Kessel provides power play, which Taylor Hall has not always been good at historically. Anyway,
0: your opinion? The thing is, is they need to go really all-in, though, because their forwards suck, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I am not a fan of their forwards. Like their forwards are, Their forwards are either old on expiring deals, or just suck. I mean, their forward depth is really suspect. And if they, they're they going to go all-in, you can't just get one superstar. Anyone could do that. You need to get a bunch of players. And they could do that, but I, I don't think it's really going to do that much, honestly. Well, we'll
1: see what Alex Merrill the new ownership group can do.
0: I mean, John Take is out
1: there, so maybe the new thing should be just getting a new GM. That maybe. should be their first target. Moving to the Boston Bruins, I'm going to go ahead and just say, stay the course. I mean, they're pretty much the Bruins. They're going to be
0: the Bruins for at least a few more
1: years pretty simple
0: yeah i'm gonna say stay the course as well i mean they haven't shown any signs of slowing down yet once they do then they could start doing a slow rebuild but i mean they're already kind of coming off their rebuild question mark their miniature rebuild from like 2015 yeah I, I, the only thing they'll have to maybe address is, is a lot of two garrasic retirement
1: rumors he said he wasn't going to play that much longer two years ago and here we are with him still saying the same thing so that might be an issue but We'll see. Right now, staying the course seems likely. Um, the Buffalo Sabers,
0: <laughs> blow it up, <laughs> just, like just just blow it up again. I mean, this team's not close to contending. Their prospects, they need more. Like they need more. Like, I, like the, again, just just blow up the team. Just just blow it up. Start over. You couldn't even make a twenty fourteen playoff, and you have Jack Michael angry. Putrid franchise.
1: I really want to get them the mountain of the doubt and say stay the course because I think they have some good prospects. But man, their prospects suck. Casey Middlestadt's garbage. He's not going to be an NHL player. I'm yeah. saying that. I've been saying this forever. Yeah, I've never Dylan been Cousins, a fan. Same of, thing. Never
0: been a fan of Middlestadt. Yeah, and it, it's Milstad, sad Cousins, because the, the draft he table. was in, like the draft he was in, all the players around him are really good, and then it's just and him. there's him. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing is their prospects they had that were high
1: potential suck. They Dylan Cousins not good. Casey Middlestadt, not good. Uka not good. I'm not a fan of their defense. I just, man, yeah, blow it up. I'm going to go blow it up here because man, Jack Eichel's pissed off. You can't, you can't piss off your star player and expect to win. Calgary Flames, all in, I think. Interesting.
0: They need more depth. Their defense is fine. They need a goalie. They need some depth forwards. Maybe they could call up that goalie prospect they have that who's apparently really good. That American kid. Parsons? Wasn't he supposed okay. to be good? He's okay. Gotta be better than what they have right now. I mean, Riddish uh, is a wash. Cans Halbert's old. So for those reasons,
1: I'm actually gonna say blow it up. It doesn't sound like the Johnny Hockey situation is gonna be good. Sean Monaghan, well, a good player. He's not a great player. I was a fan of Monaghan for a while. I just don't think he's what he was supposed to be. And... I don't love that goal setting, and their defense is kind of (laughs) old. Not a big fan of that team. The GM and coach are never on the same page. I say blow it up and start over. If not, blow up the front office. Moving along, the Carolina Hurricanes? All in. They need a goalie. Burton Topey, come on down. I say all in. I say go all in with the Carolina Hurricanes. They're a goalie away from being real
0: real scary. I love Pete Mrazik. I really do, but... I think I need to accept the fact that he's just a platoon guy. He's it's... a guy who can turn it on, but usually doesn't. <laughs> Detroit ruined him. Yeah, like that... a lot of players. Like, that makes me so mad. I-, I will never forget that playoff series he had. It's like, that's always what he could be, but he can't. Well, we're both into the Carolina train, so we'll go all in. The Chicago Blackhawks. Stay the course. Okay. I mean, they already have young guys coming up. They look great. They just need more of them. Kirby Dark's going to be really good. Yeah, like, Dock and Kubalik are really... Like, he's freaking intriguing. 19, and he was blowing it up in the playoffs. That's a far cry from, like, when he first started, and he looked like he was lost on the ice.
1: Yeah, I like the
0: Blackhawks. And the same
1: thing I'm going to say for the Penguins when we get to them is you gotta... As long as that core's there, you gotta go for it. I'm going to say either go all in or stay the course, we just stay the course, because... They don't really have what it takes to go all in with prospects. They're kind of in the same situation as most super contenders that they have to just use what they have. i say stay the course. It's the
0: column of Avalanche. Stay the course. They have a good prospect pool. They don't need to go all in the when they have the prospects to do it. They'll be fine. Maybe acquire a goalie. That's about it. <laughs> I'm going to, yeah, so for that reason, I'm going to say
1: go all in just because I don't know that you can stay the course and just get another run on the goalie. You've got to make a splash and get a really good goalie. I think they're a Patrick Waugh, or in this case, I'm going to say his name again, Burton Hulpe or Jakob Markstrom, from being the Stanley Cup champions in 2021. So, I'm going to say stay the course slash go all in.
0: Go um, all in, as in go all in for one goalie.
1: <laughs> go all in for one big name player. The Columbus Blue Jackets. This one's tough. You go. All right, so I'm a little torn. I'm between blow it up and I'm between go all in, which is a tough situation because John Torilla might be the best damn player coach in the
0: entire league, but he's got nothing around him. Yeah, the thing is, is that the reason why he has nothing around him is because the Jackets went all in last year and it blew up in their face. Yeah, and so for that reason, I'm going to say blow up the players, keep Seth Jones, make
1: him happy, because that's the only thing that matters for that team. The only player you need to care about is Seth Jones. Back up on a U-Haul truck with money to his house. Say, please play for us for the next 25 years, and that's it.
0: (laughs) Put some respect on Pierre-Luc Dubois' name. You don't need to pay him yet, so it doesn't matter. He's making (laughs) 925. He'll be fine.
1: Him and Zach Wernske are covered for a little while. You need to keep Jones happy who might leave. Okay? PLD is not going anywhere. They'll be fine. And that's why I say blow it up, keep your prospects. Maybe do a miniature rebuild. No, maybe don't blow it up, just do a little, little detonation.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, they can definitely move Felino and get some stuff for him. Yeah. Dallas Stars. If they don't win a cup this year, blow it up.
1: Man, we're really, we might not have been in sync on the rounds for, like, round two picks, but we're in sync on this. Yeah,
0: blow it up. If you don't blow it up, get rid of Jamie Benn. That's my only request. Yeah, Jamie Benn just, he isn't worth that contract. Maybe, like, if it was, like, two mil lower, it'd be fine. Like, He's not worth a half of that contract. I'm just being honest. I mean, he parlayed a really good season into a bad contract. I don't know who his agent is, but I want him. <laughs> but yeah, they... The tr- like, up until he decided to finally start playing on the ice, their best player was <laughs> Joe Pavelski, who is 36, by the way. <laughs> and just signed their last season. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's kind of a problem. Yeah, I mean, they're a team that... They have a lot of good
1: players who are old. I think they're only good young players to Tyler Sagan. I mean, Tyler uh, Sagan and Heiskin and
0: and maybe Klingberg. Yeah. Uh,
1: Klingberg's not there too, though. He'll be 30 soon. I mean, Sagan's 27 or whatever. He'll be there too soon, but he's still got that, like, lobster of prime. So uh, I look at the way they are built and I say the same thing. Kind of, if you're not going to blow it up, you can't stay the course. You can't go all in. You got to at least give that core a chance or say goodbye. The Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> and I, if you don't mind, I would love to take the lead on this one. Take the lead. Okay, this is a team I've been waiting for. Do all three. You need to blow it up because the players that they have suck. You need to stay the course because you have the prospects in your system to do so. And you need to go all in and get yourself a good prospect in this draft. They're the only team I'm going to say on this entire list that needs to do all three at once. Which is tough, but I, I mean, good luck to Stevie Y. Because it's the Steve Iser plan. If anybody can do it, it's him.
0: Yeah, he turned the lightning around in two years. He could definitely do something similar in Detroit. Yeah, I would say rebuild. Like, stick with the rebuild. I mean, they got screwed this draft, but they're still going to get someone good. Um, Yeah, they're definitely good. They'll be fine. They just need more players. The Edmonton Oilers. Blow it up. I don't think this roster is sustainable. Okay. And you can't just, like, keep trading... They're like the Penguins of the West, except they can't even get to the playoffs with, like, the trades they make.
1: Yeah, because the prospects, they don't like, they keep dealing away first-round picks and
0: stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, here's the thing. They have, like, four good goalie prospects. I feel like they're just going to, like, deal all of them.
1: I'm going to say something very controversial. I say stay the course because they just need to make one big acquisition. Do you know who I'm thinking they should go after? Mike Green, who just retired? I think they need a good scorer who can pass. I think the Oilers should be all in on Taylor Hall. I really do. And I know the chaos that would ensue if Taylor Hall went back to Edmonton, but is he not exactly what the Oilers need right now? A supplemental piece to McDavid and Dre Siddle, who can play really well.
0: Well, maybe you shouldn't have traded him in the first place. There's no Listen, way... Listen,
1: no, 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 that There's no Hall. way...
0: There's no way he's going back to Edmonton after getting traded for a third-pairing defenseman. No way. I would feel sly to give them the finger. Absolutely not. They could wallow in their shame.
1: You know what fixes tears? When you can wipe it with $1,000 bills.
0: Do the Oilers even have cap space, though? They'll be okay. The Florida Panthers. It, there's only one answer here.
1: There's oh, And I'm sorry to say it, there's only one answer here. Blow it up? Blow it up, because even with
0: Joe Quenville behind the bench, you can't this team sucks. They're just bad. They're just bad. Take Sergei Bobrovsky. And force him to retire to get rid of this Albatross contract. That was a disaster as soon as it got signed. Yeah. So well, I mean, there's a reason Dale Talon's no longer employed. Seven fucking years at 30 years old for That's like terrible. $10 million when you have Spencer Knight in the system. This pretty much guarantees you're not going to see Spencer Knight until you get rid of that contract. Because... Once Spencer Knight's ready to play, you can't make him the starter without Bobrovsky's agent getting all flurry-y. And
1: yeah, you're I'm not, not... going to be able
0: to move that contract. No one's going to take it unless if you move, like, all of your prospects. Hey, here's a cap dump. Take all of this with it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of uh, the
1: Florida Panthers right now. You got to blow it up. You, you just got to. I,
0: I don't care what you have
1: to do. You have to get the Bobrovsky contract. And if that means you lose you and you're Verdot. If that means you lose Ekblad, if that means you lose anybody but Barkov, then so be it. Don't make dumb deals. Exactly. The Los Angeles
0: Kings. Blow it up. What do you mean? Their prospects suck. Move Kopitar. You can probably get some for him. I'm not a fan of the Kings. They need a lot. And their rebuild isn't going too good. That's okay. I mean, Velarde is nice, but that's it, really. All right, I mean,
1: they have some prospects, and that's why I'm going to say they the course. They need to do something about Dustin Brown's contract. They need to do something about a lot of the bad contracts on that team. Jeff they, Carter, they need, they need to do something
0: about his. Uh, you partners, know what? The, the, honestly,
1: the more I think about it, maybe you're right. Maybe blow it up. Yeah. Because they have a lot of bad contracts. <laughs>
0: yeah. That, that, that he's, not, the... he's not an NHL defenseman anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Minnesota Wild. So I'm going to go with option four. Call up your damn prospects who are tearing up the AHL every fucking year. Just do it. Damn it, Minnesota. See, it's funny you say that. I was also going to go with option four,
1: but I'll go with surprise option number five, which is tell your franchise. How are you the state of hockey and you suck?
0: I hear Quebec has an arena and they're just waiting for a team to come to it. The Quebec Wild, it works. I would love to see an Nordiques back. But yeah, just call up the fucking prospects. Because, damn it, they're going to start getting old, and then you're finally going to call them up, and they're not going to be good. You're going to literally Detroit them. I am so angry at the Wild. The Wild suck. The Montreal Canadiens. Stay the course. Yeah, stay the course. I mean, their prospect pool's not great, but they don't really have any super old players besides Shea Weber. They just have to acquire, like, some forward depth, and I think they'll be fine. They run a good system. Yeah.
1: The Nashville Predators... Blow it up easy. Yeah,
0: I agree. Blow it up. That's not even. Yeah, we'll just move right along. The Devils. I'm saying stay the course. Can you blow up a cratering team? Because that's what I think they should do. Just blow it up again.
1: I don't think they have a choice but to stay the course because (laughs) they have so many prospects that they need to be
0: good. Oh, right, because they don't have anyone to move. Gotcha.
1: And they offered the eighth overall pick they are willing to move for Kapanen, so they were even worse off, from
0: what I understand. So, yeah, I say just
1: stay the course because you don't got a choice at this point. Sorry, I was yawning the New York Islanders.
0: All in. I'm going to just say stay the course. They're a pretty simple team. Yeah, but they're like a big free agent splash from being able to make a bigger splash in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know if they need it necessarily, but they're, I mean, it wouldn't hurt. Yeah, I mean, all
1: in or stay the course. I can see for them. This is the, f- I'm sad. I'm not going to make it explicit. This is the easiest team, the New York Rangers. Stay the course. Just stay the course. Stay the You're course, literally getting baby.
0: every lottery ball landing on your lap. Just stay the course. Stay the course, baby. The Ottawa Senators. Stay the course? Question mark. Yeah, like, I, I guess mean,
1: they they finally got some some like sustainability there. We'll say stay the course. The Philadelphia Flyers.
0: I'll also say stay the course. I mean, maybe grab like an extra forward or two, but they look fine.
1: Yeah, I don't know if all in is necessary. I think if they just stay the course and get a couple of depth guys, they'll be good. Yeah, they'll be as good as Carter Hart gets. That's a good way to put it. yes. The Pittsburgh Penguins... Blow it up. You, you can't. <laughs> you literally can't. It's the same thing with the Blackhawks. Should both teams blow it up? Absolutely. Can they, in good conscience, do it with, in that instance, and Taves, in this instance, Crosby Malkin? No, you have to continue. It doesn't matter what tomorrow looks like as long as you're winning today. Go
0: ahead and But do it. you're not saying... winning today, though. That's the thing. Do you want to end up like the San Jose Sharks? Do you they're want to end up... end up like the Anaheim Ducks or the Los Angeles Kings? Yes. Look me because in the they're... eyes. And... I oh. do. I want a number one
1: overall pick again. But it's going to happen anyways. They're going to be bad, and it's going to happen regardless of
0: whether or not they blow it up or not, now or later. Okay, so just so... get rid of all your first-round picks as you do it. Get rid I- of I would, now, say... I would say... I would say just stop the bleeding and move Malkin. No. <laughs> if you're going to move somebody, move we'll tag, but we'll, we'll save that for another day. The. Uh... But no, my real answer is go all in. Like yeah. this, is, this is literally the sunken cost fallacy. Just might as well. I mean, you dug your At own grave. At this point,
1: you're going to be bad. You might as well just go all in when you have them, and then when you're bad, you figure it out. That. When you're bad, Jack Johnson will be your best player, and then nobody can complain. <laughs> Easy. Oh, the okay. San Jose Sharks blow it up. The answer is up. Blow it up. Blow it up. Blow it up. Blow, up wrong.
0: blow it up. Bad contracts up the wazoo. There's, oh my it's god. Bad. It's like, I thought the Kings were in a bad situation. No, the Sharks are worse. The St. Louis Blues. Stay the course slash slightly go all in. Um, I say blow it up. Interesting. <laughs> I'm going to say blow it up
1: because they're old. They're about 50-50 to lose Petrangelo. And at that point, Jordan Bennington sucks right now. You need him to get back at it, or you need to find another goalie. Because he has not been good since they won the Cup. That's a fact. Bennington so, for Matt Murray. I'm, I'm on it. <laughs> uh, so that's my personal opinion. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Stay the course. I'm going to say stay the course. But if they don't win the Cup in the next two years, or at least make the final, you got to blow it up. Because you can't do it with the score. And that means John Cooper, and I'm dead serious.
0: I agree, but luckily Seattle's going to help out a little bit by taking Tyler Johnson's contract. In your dreams. I've accepted the fact that TJ's not going to get his opportunities in Tampa because it's too stacked. So there are
1: three out of the next five teams I'm going to say some very interesting opinions about, and the next one is the Toronto Maple police. So what are your thoughts? Blow it up. Blow it up.
0: <laughs> you can't win with this core. You have forty million. In going, three players. Going in the three players, and that's half your cap. Yeah, over half, because
1: the cap's you like something You can't
0: win without defense. You just can't do it. You can't win without a somewhat balanced team. You have to move somebody.
1: You know, I hope Mitch Marner enjoys the money he
0: made, because he's going to look great
1: playing for the Detroit Red Wings. I hear Condos and downtown Detroiters is fabulous. Honestly,
0: I don't hate that move. I've been calling that for a while. If Benjamin um, does that, that's going to be great, because the thing is with him is that he's Marner's young, so that's not bad. Yeah,
1: Dubas painted himself into the corner, and he's going to have to do a lot of work to get himself out. The Vancouver Canucks, this might be the easiest team on the list. Stay
0: the, stay course. the course for me. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing yeah, they the even need to do.
1: Maybe lose JB goal if you have to, but stay the course. The Vegas Golden Knights. If you don't say all-in for the team in Vegas, you're just wrong. Blow it it's up. a sacrilege. Blow you it need up. to go
0: all- Blow, blow it, it up. up. I, 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 you hate, I hate Vegas. They need to go away. No, okay. uh, well, but yeah, go all-in. <laughs> Th- there's my yeah. real Yeah.
1: Listen, it's Vegas. You always go all-in. <laughs> the Washington Capitals. Blow it up. Blow it up. Uh, and that means everybody but Ovechkin, you do whatever it takes to keep Ovi there. No. You're not going to- Everybody. You can't. Yeah, everybody. You can't. It's the same thing as Blackhawks and the Penguins. You cannot lose him. You can lose Backstrom, you can lose Holpe, you cannot lose Ovechkin. Sports is
0: a business, my friend. You do what you can to make your team competitive now and in the future. No, no, no.
1: Sports is a business. You do what it takes to make money. You're going to make more money with Ovechkin as a capital for life than you will trading him to Seattle Kraken. I'm just telling you this right now.
0: Yes, but the bevy of assets they could get, though. Yes,
1: but. That's the problem, is it's a yes, but. Uh, it's and like also, the pr- just the fair thing. John Carlson was on the ice for over sixty percent of the goals that the guy scored against him in playoffs.
0: Yeah, it's almost oh. as if he's not a good defenseman. But Crazy, hey, right? but hey, he's good win the Norris. What do I know? Absolutely right, nothing. And thoughts on the Capitals?
1: Do you want to give some more intakes? Oh,
0: I would be like if I was a GM, I would be the GM that fans would hate because I would move on from players one year too early. That includes superstars. <laughs>
1: There's a reason those GMs don't work very long. <laughs> yes, but the bevy of picks, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, but here's
1: the thing. Ovechkin is Ovechkin. Who knows if John Davis off the street is going to be good, or whoever you draft. Okay, lastly, the one of pig jets. I mean... You need to blow it up. I'm yeah, just being honest. You yeah. need to blow it up. They suck. Their team is not good. Patrick Lamy is good. You need to trade him. Mark Ripley is good. You can't trade him. And Kyle Connor is good. You utilize him. Everybody else, you leave Connor Hellbuck tied to a stick, and that's it. <laughs> he has to suffer. He's John Gibson East, or sorry, he's no, he's also in the West. He's he, John Gibson West too. He, he's John Gibson Canada. <laughs> yeah, he's John Gibson. Uh, ghost snow. <laughs> and lastly, did, well, did you give you? Yeah, you said blow it up too, right? Yeah. And last bit of news, I forgot to put this at the top of the show. Uh, Logan Couture. <laughs> Do you have
0: some thoughts on Logan Couture? He is a player for the San Jose Sharks. Did you see what he did? <laughs> yep. I'm going to keep this unpolitical. I'm just
1: going to say he's free to support whoever he wants. If he really did get punched or assaulted, you report that. You don't click the Twitter. You don't make a big thing. And you can't say, I support Canada A, and then come out and say, I don't support candidate A. If he really supports Canada A, he wouldn't care about people being mad at him for supporting candidate A. And if he doesn't support Canada Day, then he won't be mad at people saying, you support Canada Day. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, that is my thoughts on it. I won't go any farther. I think Logan Couture is a dumbass for that. I'm just saying. Not my, Not my. Not a big fan. <laughs> uh,
0: very representative of the Sharks organization as a whole by being a dumbass.
1: Yes. And I will just say I'm going to leave this for next show, or we can have a tweet about it. The NBA last night and the MLB both postponed some games for some of the things that are going on around the country. I will admit I'm not the most knowledgeable about the situation at at large at this moment, so I'm going to leave any comment for you or via tweet, but very interesting
0: times right now. I love it. I find it so fascinating. It's so unprecedented. It's bold, and I don't fault them. Like, what they've been talking about, they've been begging for months, and for years, really. And right now, they're showing their power as players to do this kind of thing. This kind of reminds me of that Sean Doolittle quote, Sports are the award of a functioning society.
1: Yeah, I saw that. That is a good one. And I saw one, too, basically saying, um, the players tried asking for change, now they're demanding it.
0: Yes. The thing is with these sports leagues, like, what they're doing is that they're not addressing the problem. It's like, no one cares about having uniforms that have these little things at the bottom saying Black Lives Matter. No one cares about all these commercials being like Black Lives Matter. No one cares about the Black National Anthem being sung. No one cares about recognizing Emancipation Day. They're not asking for these. It's nice gestures, but that's like having a totaled car, okay? So, like, you have a car that, like, you can't use, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's like it's slapping a fresh coat of paint on it and giving it brand new rims. You're not addressing the problem. You're just trying to virtue signal. You're not doing anything. It's like, they're not asking for these. They don't want all of this unnecessary shit that you're doing. That's not what they're asking for. I love it. I absolutely love this. Yes. And that's what I have to say on it. Okay. I will go off of what you said. I
1: will, you know, like I said, I have absolutely no idea what's going on. I'm just kind of following along. <laughs> so, here we are. But that'll be our show for today, right? Right. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to do some more research. Like I said, I was just kind of in the loop as of last night. I was like, oh, this is interesting. From all I can tell, I'm in support of it. But, like I said, I, I want to see what's all going on. I think it is good that they are taking a stand. But, um... You said it's unprecedented. I have no idea how to think about it, because for one, it's like, well, sports might be paused again, but for two, maybe it's for a good reason. I don't know. It's all very interesting. This is 2020 in a nutshell. (laughs) So with that said, we're going to wrap the show today, and we'll be back after the second round ends, which should be next week, right? Something like that, yeah. Alright, well until then, we will see you next time.